You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you right across Australia from Hobart, Tasmania, live every weekday at 9am. And if you're listening in Tasmania, you can catch us again at 4.30pm each weekday. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and every Thursday, sorry, Tuesday it is, I'm getting ahead of myself, Gary. Every Tuesday we have Gary Webster in our studio here, and he's presenting his series, Lifetime Search. Welcome, Gary. Thank you, Jason. Great to be here again. Gary, tell me about your weekend. Well, I was a real doozy, as we say, Jason. I I was up at Scottsdale for Prophetica, and then yeah, that was on Saturday morning and in the evening, afternoon. We were over in Launceston, and then on Sunday up at uh, uh, Olveston, and we had a tremendous time. It was great to see, you know, from kids coming, uh, young people coming, and uh, older people. Uh, they really enjoyed it. I think it sort of people didn't realise how incredibly accurate the biblical writings are for history and how, what a tremendous prophetic track record they have. That sort of blew some people away. So for those who uh, who aren't aware of what Prophetica is about, just tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, Prophetica, uh, we, we have seven presentations, you know, very short presentations, about 25 minutes each, and uh, breaks between. We provide people with either lunch or dinner, depending on which program they're at, and uh, people can ask questions. And, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, when people realise they see, ah, we see where the future is heading, mm. uh, we sort of break into that. Uh, people are concerned about where we're heading today in a number of uh, number of areas. So, yeah, that's the way it goes, Jason. And and people have, you know, many of them are just really thankful for what they've heard because they can see uh, there is a source that knows the future. Mm. So you're in uh, Scottsdale, Launceston and Olveston, but what about this weekend? Yeah, I this believe weekend there's some in, more programs. Yes, in Hobart this weekend on uh, Saturday uh, afternoon, Bell Reef, and then on Sunday afternoon we're in the, in the middle of the city. And, of course, you can get full details about these events on prophetica.com, the website. You can go there and uh, register if you're interested in going. Um, who should attend uh, or why should somebody attend? Well, if people are concerned about where we're heading in the world today, especially, you know, people with COVID-19, this has got many people rattled, you know, um, then uh, you, you, people need to understand, OK, where, what's, what's, what's going on, where are we headed and uh, what's coming next? Okay, well, we're going to be giving away some free tickets to this event, the remaining events in Bellarive and Hobart, uh, later in the program. So stay tuned. We'll get you a code word that you can text in. But here's the number, 0488-880-891. That's our Tassie Encounters show number. That's 0488-880-891. We'll give that number to you a couple more times during the program, but I encourage you to write it down, and uh, you can use that to text in and get a free ticket to Prophetica coming up this weekend. So, Gary, uh, last week we looked at Sin, Sex and the Phoenicians, Part 1, and I remember we talked uh, quite a bit about the Ten Commandments, and uh, I believe that one of the points that I remember from last week was that the Ten Commandments define and protect our most important relationships. So that that stood in my mind, that stuck in my yes. mind as to something that we we talked about. But uh, do you want to just give us a review of last week's? Yeah, that's, and a, then that's, that's a very important point, Jason. I'm glad you remembered. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we talked about the fact that we seem to have lost our moral compass in the world, you know, with rising crime rates and, and so on. Um, and so we noticed that global lawlessness actually is at, 
at the tipping point. Um, it's, it's going so far, if we're not careful, we won't be able to pull it back. But we found in the book of Revelation, right in the centre, there's an antidote to global lawlessness, which uh, wrecks relationships. Uh, and that's the Ten Commandments. Right in the middle of the final events, John sees that these are highlighted in the end of time. They're written, we notice, with the finger of God himself. They're so important that God didn't get a prophet to write them down, so to speak. He, mm. he wrote them on stone himself. And the reason for that, the first reason we looked at last week was, yes, they do define and protect our most important relationships in life. The first one really are about love toward God. Put me first, God says, and all your other relationships will last. That's the last six of the Ten Commandments. So it's a, it's a law of love, really, to help us with our relationships between people and with God. Mm. And we noticed we sort of ended toward last week on the fact that Billy Graham, that, that, that great preacher, said, you know, God's law is never out of date, and it's not. In fact... The book of Isaiah, God says to Israel, he says, oh, that you would hearken to my commandments. Your peace would have been like a river in you, and so on. He says, these are, these are given to benefit you, not to, uh, to be against you. Now, then we also noticed, well, if we break these Ten Commandments, is it that big of a deal? And we, we talked about uh, Sir Arnold J. Toynbee, who noted that one of the reasons civilizations fall is because of lawlessness. It leads to destruction. And then we noted, as we closed last time, that Daniel, when he looked at why Israel had collapsed, he spelt the same thing out. He says, we, we've forgotten mm. your commandments. We've turned away from what the prophets wrote for God. And so this disaster has come upon us. So that was the first thing. Relationships are preserved and protected by these Ten Commandments. The second thing, Jason, which we need to move on today, is the fact that the Ten Commandments they reveal or point out where we go wrong. And that's a good thing too, because otherwise we'd continue to go down a, a track that doesn't help us. Notice what the Bible says. This time this is the New Testament, and Paul, one of the great followers of Jesus, wrote, I wonder if you could read Romans 7, verse 7 for us. Yeah, it says, uh, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. So you see, he's quoting from those Ten Commandments. That was the tenth one we noticed last week. Mm. So in other words, they reveal the dirt of sin. They're a bit like a mirror. You know, you hold up a mirror and you see, hey, man, my hair's not combed or my got dirt on my face. Um, so they point it out. Now think about sin. It's a small word, mm. but because of what we saw last week that they, that the Ten Commandments define and protect our most important relationships, then what is sin? And John, the follower of Jesus who wrote the book of Revelation as well, had some interesting words to say. Notice what he said in 1 John 3 verse 4. He says, everyone who sins, we all know sin is doing wrong, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness, he says. Mm. So if the Ten Commandments that we saw last week define and protect our most important relationships, then and sin is breaking the law, then sin really is about breaking relationships. relationships. Yeah. Isn't that an interesting concept? It makes sense, doesn't it? It does. You know, mm. sometimes people are used to, I know when I was uh, a few years ago, so sin is sort of what you don't do and what you should do and so on. But no, 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 it's bigger than that. It's about breaking relationships. In mm. fact, Isaiah gives a relational portrait or picture.
picture of sin or lawlessness. I wonder if you could read it for us. It's quite astounding. It's in Isaiah 59, verse 2 and 3, Jason. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with the blood, and your fingers with the iniquity of your lips. Sorry, your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. You notice what he's saying there, really. He's saying to the Israelites at this time, this is before they're going to go into Babylonian captivity and so on. He's saying... Your sins have actually separated you from God. It's broken your relationship with him. Why? Because, you know, you've been killing, you've been lying, you've been stealing, and that's broken relationships. Mm. Now, you think, Jason, you remember Jesus on the cross. What does he cry out when he's on the cross? And it's, you know, right in the middle, you hear this awful cry from Christ. Can you remember what he said? Yeah, it said, he said, um, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Okay, yeah. now, my I, God... I think he said it in another language. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> I don't know the original. <laughs> yeah, now, think of it. When Jesus was on the cross, the Bible says he took our sins, the sins of every person, the wrongdoing of every man, woman, and child. Even though people don't believe that, he still did that. And so sin is breaking relationships. What does he cry out? My God. My God, why have you abandoned me? Because sin separates, it even separated. Christ felt separated from his Father at that point. And that's also why Jesus said these words to his followers. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Mm. Interesting, isn't it? Again, at the heart of it, it's relationships. In fact, John says uh, some interesting words about the Ten Commandments. I wonder if you could read First John 2 verse 4. It says, he who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Those are pretty strong words, aren't they? So if we, say, if we claim to have a relationship, uh, John says, if we know him, that's the, that's the phrase there, but we don't follow his commandments, we don't bother about doing what we are told in those commandments or neglecting them, he says, we're actually lying. Mm. We, we don't really know him. It's quite because Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Just want to share with a story before we go for a break, Jason. What we're seeing is when we sin, someone gets hurt. That's Mm. the point. Mm. Um, Sin is about breaking relationships. There was a young boy minding the goats of his family in the backyard in India on one occasion. And what the goats were messing up, as goats will do, so he picked up his bush knife, you know, good 30 metre, 40 metre blade. Centimetre. Centimetre, sorry, yeah. No, no, not metres. <laughs> and he flung it at the goat in anger, missed mm. the goat, hit his sister and killed her. Ah, dear. And that's what happens when we sin. Mm. It's not so much what we don't do or what we do do that's wrong. It's someone who gets hurt. Mm. Someone gets caught in the crossfire and, and gets hurt. And that's really the big deal about sin. Mm. We're going to go to break. Just a reminder, you can get a free ticket to Prophetica. The events are coming up in Bellarive and Hobart this weekend. And uh, the number is 0488880891. We're going to give you a code a bit later, and uh, you can text in and claim a free ticket. Jason, before we go to that song, I'm glad that the old rugged cross gives us the antidote to when we do that that stuff that's wrong. Yeah, sure. This is Anna Weatherup with the old rugged cross. Far away, 
stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame, and I love that old cross where the dearest and best from a world of lost sinners was slain. So I cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday. So despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear of God, left His glory above to bear it on. Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're talking with Gary Webster on his series Lifetime Search. 
We've been looking at uh, some verses that talk about the connection between loving God and keeping his commandments. We've been talking about the commandments over the past uh, episode and, and leading into this one as well. Um, and we just got to this point that uh, sin, which is basically a breaking of the commandments, causes hurt, and in particular it causes relationships to break down. Now, Gary, uh, you've got something to share from biblical times about this. Yes, David, I, I want to just give two examples of the of what happens and how relationships do break down, you know, seriously impacted when when people do wrong. The, a classic example is that of King David. Yeah, King David of the Bible. We've all heard of David, the, the guy who fought the giant. Now, by the way, before we get into the story that I want to share, many people have thought, many scholars have said, no, 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 this is, this is, not, a, this is not a true story. This is just a, you know, a Bible myth, a Bible. But we have good archaeological evidence, growing archaeological evidence for today for what the, what the Bible says about King David. For example, uh, just a few years ago, they found what is known as the Tel Dan inscription. So what's what's a tell again? Remind us what a tell? A tell is a civilization mound. Right. Okay, so this is a civilization mound at Dan. Now Dan is in northern Israel. You probably heard the saying often in the Bible from Dan to Beersheba, the yeah. length of Israel. Right. The one at the south, one at the north. So this is a tell right at the top of Israel, getting close to to the Lebanon mountains actually on the Israeli side of the Lebanon mountains. So this stele was found, a piece of stone actually, and on it, it talks about the house of David. It's from the 9th century BC. Okay. So about 100 or 200 years after David actually lived. So this guy really existed. That's the point. Mm. Now, on one occasion, the Bible gives us a, a fascinating story about King David. His soldiers were over at a place called Amman uh, fighting the Ammonites. Now, Amman, of course, we know where that is today. It's in Jordan. Right. Now, you cross across the Jordan River, yep. and you can visit the city of Amman. It's a big city today, but it was a much smaller one back in David's time. So I'm just, I'm just recalling the, uh, the Israelites had to cross the Jordan River to come into yes, Israel. So is this on the, on the side, side closest to Jerusalem? East, it's on the east side of the Jordan River, yep. and Jerusalem's on the west side of the yeah, Jordan so, River. so it was on the side that they so were So they're going from. back over into Jordan okay. to fight the Ammonites. The Ammonites. Yep. Now, by the way, I, I, when I take tours, I always take people to this site because you can visit the old walls of Ammon. Ammon. Now, of course, they're not they're the ones in David's time. They're under the ground quite a, a bit, you know, because tells grew. Yeah. So, um, so, so David's soldiers are up here fighting. Well, meanwhile, David's back in Jerusalem having, you know, the time of his life. He's, he's relaxing. And one day the Bible says he's out there on the roof of his palace and he looks down and he sees a lady taking a bath. And he thinks, wow, she's nice. And so he he finds out who's that who is that lady and finds out that it's the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Mm. So he, he invites this lady to come to the palace and of course he sleeps with her, commits adultery, and uh, she sends a message to him not long after and she says, David, I'm pregnant <laughs> from our affair. Now of course in those days if the king sent an instruction you obeyed it. Yeah. And well, she didn't really have a lot of choice in this. Well, she could have. Yeah. You know, we've got lots of Bible characters who said no to temptation. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, no question, he's pressuring her and he's yeah. a person of authority. So no mm. question, I'm not, I'm not excusing, I'm not excusing David, but I am saying that, 
we don't have to bow to that. Mm. Many examples of that, but but yeah, he he put the pressure on, and he was a person of authority. So you know, she was she was in a bad position, and and, and so of course it's going to be hard for her to say no, isn't it? Mm. So anyway, so she says, "I've got a child." Well, Uriah the Hittite, he's fighting up at Amman, and uh, he comes home for some, you know, for some uh, bit of. You know, f- rest from the battlefront because um, Jerusalem's not that far from Amman across the Jordan River. So he comes home and he, David calls him into the palace and says, "Hey, listen, um, how's the battle going?" Da 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 da. And he says, oh, "Yeah, yeah." He says, "Well, now, now you need to go home and sleep with your wife." He wants him to cover this up so that mm. everybody won't think down the track this is David's child because mm. his soldiers been over on the in, in Amman. So, but the, the soldier says to him, Uriah says, "No, no, no, David, I can't do that. My mates are on there on the battlefront. How can I go and have the the privileges of marriage relationship when my friends, my my mates, are on there fighting their hearts out and losing their lives? No, I won't. I won't do it." Mm. Now, David starts to get a cold sweat, of course, at this time. How's he going to cover this thing up? So he calls the guy back uh, again to the palace and says, I've got a party for you tonight. And he tries to get the guy drunk. Uh, But still the guy won't go home. And uh, so David... This is is leading from one to another, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, now he's, you know, I mean, he's, he's he's really getting stuck into this guy. So you know what David does next? He gets a piece of paper and he writes a little letter to his general on the front line. He says, Joab, I have a little problem. I need you to put Uriah on the front of the battle lines, right up against the wall where the arrows fall the thickest. In other words, David... Uh, Uriah, I need this guy killed. Mm. And then he signs it and he gives the letter to Uriah himself to take it to his commanding officer. Now, look, the guy's got his own death warrant in his hands. He doesn't even know it. And, of course, what happens up the battle front? Of course, when, when the battle takes place and Uriah's on, he gets killed. Mm. And uh, David thinks, oh, this is all honky-dory. I've covered my tracks. Uh, they'll think it's Uriah's child because he was back here. So all this sweet. Mm. Now, think about this for a moment. This was sin, big sin. Mm. This guy stole another man's wife, broke that related, and, and then added murder. But not only Think about all the other guys. He, he, he got killed because he wanted this one guy killed. There would have been other soldiers going up the front there. Mm. I mean, this was pretty, pretty, pretty nasty stuff. Mm. So David's thinking it's all sweet and nice when suddenly a prophet turns up on his front door. And the prophet is Nathan. And Nathan says, David, we've got this little problem in here. In our, in our kingdom, he says, look, there's this guy. He's a rich guy. He owns hundreds of sheep. And he's got this neighbor. He's a poor, poor guy. And he only owns one little sheep. Mm. And he said, this rich guy had some friends coming one day. And he thought, oh, what am I going to do? I have to kill a, kill a sheep to feed these people. But he thought, I don't, I don't want to do that. So he looks over the fence and saw this one sheep of this poor man. And he stole it and killed it. And, uh, and gave it to his, his friends who were coming to his place. At that point, David sort of jumps off his throne and he says, that miserable guy, let's kill him. And the prophet looks him right in the eye, points the finger in his face and says, David, you the man. Mm. You stole this man's wife. You killed this guy. And then suddenly David really broke down. He realized, I've done wrong. Mm. And he was glad for the prophet's visit to point mm. out because if he had not have told him his sin, he'd have gone on and on into eternal destruction. So the prophet saved his life by calling his attention to the fact, you've sinned, you've actually broken relationships here, David. You've hurt people big time. Mm. So this is an example, uh, uh, Jason, of sin is not just a little thing. It, it hurts people, doesn't it? It does. You know? It's interesting that, that uh, for David, though, um, 
somewhere else it says that God, uh, David was a man after God's heart. So something in David obviously repented and he, he wanted, he, he changed, he wanted he to do the right thing. And that's what I love yeah. about that story of David. You know, David's like us. We, we, we make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Here, in his case, David made some pretty big blunders. Yeah. But in Psalm 51, he says, have mercy on me, God. Forgive mm. me for my, my sin. It's terrible. And God's, God forgave him. So there's that that aspect of of uh, repentance. Repentance, and, and, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry yeah. for what I did wrong. Yeah. There's well, another one. Yeah. I want to talk about Manasseh. By the way, this guy really lived. I've got something here I thought I'd bring in and show you this morning, Jason. Mm. This is what we call a bullet. Now, a bullet, you know, this is about the size of your thumb, right? Yeah. Now, a bullet is a seal impression. So the people, kings and other officials wore rings and they pressed it into clay on a document. They'd put a little bit of clay on the document where the string was tied to it, pressed their seal ring into it and left the impression. Mm. And that's what we call a bullet. Okay, and we found heaps of bullet. This one is in the Israeli Museum in Jerusalem, and it this is just a replica of it, the same exact size. This is the bullet of King Manasseh. Mm. Now, let me talk. About, have you ever heard of King Manasseh? I have heard of him. Uh, I'm I'm not all that familiar with his uh, things. Did we talk to, about him in one of our other episodes? I think we may have mentioned him briefly. I'm not sure. Yeah. Anyway. I certainly talked about it in, in Tell me about Prophetica because <laughs> I share uh, some of the artifacts there. Anyway, okay. so this guy, he was his dad was a good king, Hezekiah, but his boy, he I mean, he was off the rails. Mm. This guy... Uh, killed lots of people. It says the Bible says it made blood flow in the streets of Jerusalem. He practiced human sacrifice on his own kids. He uh, he practiced witchcraft and consulted what he what he thought were the dead to know what the future holds. And he set up bad you know statues in the temple of God of pagan God. I mean he was really off the rails. And God you know was trying to get his attention. Come back, man. But he wouldn't, and so God allowed the Babylonians, the Assyrians, to take him captive to Babylon. Mm. Anyway, while he's there, he realized, I've been a fool. I've been stupid. I've, I've really wrecked a lot of lives. And he repented, and God forgave him. So another story of repentance. Beautiful story. <laughs> I mean, he, he's the worst yeah. you'll ever get, this guy. Yeah. And he comes back, and he shows how he's changed his heart because he changes things. He, he gets rid of those idols. He, he changes his ways, and he, he helps people come back. To the ways of God. So, Jason, thank God that even though we break relationships, He's a forgiving God if we turn to Him in repentance. So, mm. when we sin, yes, people get hurt. We're going to go to another break. Just remember, we've got our free tickets to Prophetica available today, 0488880891, and we'll give you the code in the next segment. This is Where No One Stands Alone. I stood in the night with my head bowed low in the darkness as black as the sea.
to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. Now, Gary, uh, we were looking at a couple of biblical stories of King David and King Manasseh, and particularly in the case of King David, we didn't talk about it, but I'm sure many, many people were hurt. This connection, when uh, people sin, people get hurt. Mm, yeah. And uh, there was a couple of good examples of that. And uh, really, sin is about the breaking of, of relationships. It hurts relationships. So. But in, this, in, the, in the example of those two stories of David and Manasseh, isn't it a marvellous God that, man, he's so long-suffering, so patient, so so forgiving. That's mm. that's uh, awesome, really. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what have we got here, Dave? Uh, Gary, I don't know why we're talking about King David. I called you David. I, I noticed you called me David early in the program. Oh, did I? I didn't pick you up on that, but I know you were, I was probably you, with David. You were about to talk about David. I was with so. David Maxwell at, the, at Scottsdale at Prophetic. Okay. I think that must have been what it was. Right. No worries. So you've got a bit more to share here. Yes, David, uh, Jason, <laughs> the, 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 third, the third reason for the Ten Commandments. So see, number one, they, they define and they protect our most important relationships. And then secondly, we saw they they actually point out what our sin is, and sin is breaking relationships. And then the third one is actually that the Ten Commandments are going to be God's standard against which people will be judged. Now, we don't often like to hear that idea, but that's what the Bible says, and I, I think it's worth us looking at that. Could you read for us uh, James chapter 2, verse 12? Could you read that for us? Uh, I've got two verse eleven. Oh yeah, twelve and eleven. Yeah, mm. so we'll, we'll start with twelve. We're going backwards. Today. Yeah, we go backwards. Yeah. <laughs> so speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. So what's this law of liberty or freedom? What's this law of freedom? The verse before tells us. Read verse eleven. Yes, yeah, so eleven says, "For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder." So you, you can see what it's saying is the law of liberty or of freedom is the Ten Commandments, because mm. he's quoting from them. You know, and it's it's a sad thing when you sometimes hear people, oh, the Ten Commandments are so restricted. No, no, no. They, they, they bring freedom. Is the, is the person who breaks, for example, the commandment, you shall not kill, free, when he ends up in jail for 30 years? Is the person who uh, steals stuff and, 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 you know, ruins people's stuff, is he really free when he's got a guilty conscience? What about the person who, uh, you know, uh, hijacks a plane and, and, and all that sort of stuff and, and, and then he, he finds out that yeah he's, he's in jail for, you see they, they bring freedom that's why God said oh you would hearken to my commandments then your peace would have been like a, a river so 
these Ten Commandments. Now, this is they're going to be used to, to, to judge people in the in the judgment process. Now, John saw that right in the middle of Revelation, where we started in our program last week. He sees Earth's final events, and notice what he says he saw in Revelation eleven eighteen. Read that for us, Jason. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come in the time of the dead that they should be judged. Now, there's that word, judge, right in the mm. middle of Revelation. There's judged. Then, he's, in other words, he's saying Earth's final judgment day has come. And in the very next verse, he, he sees something in heaven. Read verse uh, 19 of chapter 11 of Revelation. Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. Ah, at the very time of judgment... John saw the Ark of the Covenant, which we saw, you know, when we talked about um, Indiana Jones, the Ark of the Covenant, what was inside it was the Ten Commandments. Mm. And so John saw the Ten Commandments in the Day of Judgment. So so maybe they don't exist on earth anymore. Maybe they're up in the heavenly uh, sanctuary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, John's using a symbolic passage to portray the fact that the Ten Commandments, because what are they for? They show us what God's like we saw last week, don't they? God is a God of relationships. Put Mm. me first. God is a, a God of love justice and mercy we all saw all of that love they really are a picture of what god is like and the values that he holds and he wants his followers to hold that's what he's really saying Hmm. so in other words the ten commandments or the law of love is god's measuring standard in the final judgment in other words god's measuring standard is going to examine looks at did we really protect our relationships with god and others that's what it's really looking at. Mm. Protect our most important relationships. So the Ten Commandments in the judgment really say they reveal, do we really love God? Do we really love other people? That's really what's going on here. It's not sort of like God's got a big stick and you didn't do this or you did that. No, 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 no. God is saying, how did you treat people? What, what sort of attitudes did you have to other people? So, Jason... Go ahead. I think I, I can I'm, see you're going to I've ask got a, a question. I've, I've got a question, mm. and uh, and and I know um, you know one of the questions that we need to ask is, well, what does it matter if we break the Ten Commandments? What's the consequence of that? But mm. but also, I'm I'm thinking here there are not too many people who could say that they've never broken the Ten Commandments, no. and and so where then? What where does that leave us if if we if we have broken them? Like King David, like King Manasseh. Good question, but you're jumping ahead of me, man. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll hold on a little bit. We're going to come to that, but that's a good question. I'm glad you're thinking uh, way ahead, and and we'll come right to that pretty well now. So let's let's just review the three things that the Ten Commandments do. Number one. They define and they protect our most important relationships. Number two, we saw they reveal the sin that we've got in our lives. They show us, hey, Gary, you did wrong here. Hmm. Thirdly, they're going to be, God says, these will be the standard in the judgment. So that means then so, what's the big deal of sin? Yeah. Let's read the big deal and then we'll see the solution that you, you were, your question was alluding to. Okay. Read uh, Romans 6. This is Paul. Yep. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Okay. And obviously that death is eternal as well. Yes, because it's contrasting. Mm. The wages of sin, the wages of breaking the commandments, the wages of breaking relationships leads to death. But, notice the but, the gift of God is eternal life. 
So let's ask this question and then we'll answer it. So what's the solution for breaking God's law? Because that's part of what you said. We've it's all really what I'm them. saying. Yeah, we've exactly. all broken them. Right. So if if you look at these, what we've just been talking about, that you know, we're being judged according to these standards. Yes. We're never going to pass. Right. So that's so, what we need to so, come to. Yeah. So what's the solution for breaking God's law, number one? Number two, what's the solution for restoring that broken relationship with God? Mm. Thirdly, what's the solution so that we obey or follow God's laws out of love? Mm. Because we love God and others. Mm. And finally, what's the solution for a safe passage through the judgment? <laughs> because that's all in that those points. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. And the answer, Jason, in a nutshell, is two words in the in, in the Bible, new covenant. The new covenant really says forgiveness and a change of life from the inside out. Let me I want let me you read for us a famous passage in the book of Hebrews because this helps sum it up. Read Hebrews chapter eight, verse ten to twelve if you could. Says, for this is the covenant that I will make, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. All shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now that sounds good. That does sound good, doesn't it? You notice three things right here in this in this new covenant. Mm. And number one, forgiveness mm. of the breaking when we've done that. So that's the first good news, isn't mm. it? Forgiveness. You know, you can sleep with your head on the pillow at rest at night because God forgives. Secondly, what did it say? We are we know God, it says. Uh, they'll, I'll be their God. They'll, that means the relationship is restored with God. Mm. No separation. Thirdly, he says, God puts his laws in us, in our hearts and in our minds. The same mm. law, the same commandments, but now in our life, not on some pieces of rock, but in our hearts. I've just realized you've actually addressed those in reverse order as to how they're written in the verse. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, I wanted to come to the good news first because we've all broken them, as you said. In fact, the Bible says if anyone says that uh, he's without sin, without he's a liar. Mm. To be honest, we all know that. But here is the solution. Now, the question is, so how is it that God can forgive us? For the breaking of these, how is it that God can bring us back to Him when we've broken them, and how is it that God can actually make us better from the inside out? Well, the answer, of course, is Christ's death. Because if you go to Hebrews, Paul says that the new covenant it comes through the shed blood of Jesus. Remember, in the temple services, that everything came through. The blood. Mm, the sacrifice of the, the sacrifice animal. The sacrifice of the animal. And this pointed to the fact that Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So, Jason, the bottom line is this. We need to go, as we say, to Calvary, meaning we need to accept what Jesus did for us on the cross. And that's what Jesus said to Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. That means you need to have God's laws written in your heart from the inside. How can that be, said Nicodemus? Jesus said, Nicodemus, you know how it is? He said, just like Moses lifted up that snake in the desert and anybody who looked at that snake was healed of their snake bite, so he said, the Son of Man will be lifted up. That whoever believes, in other words, whoever says, God, I claim that Jesus died in my place, that person becomes a new person from the inside out. Have you noticed what happens when a person gives their life to Jesus, Jason? 
Well, hopefully they uh, change. They do. I've seen it again mm. and again. The drunkard becomes sober. Mm. Uh, the, the impure become pure. God changes us from the inside out, but he also forgives us because he's a, a gracious, loving God. So that's the new covenant, and it comes through Jesus. Mm. That's a, a fantastic st- uh, message and, and something that we need to... Uh really think about seriously Mm, absolutely (laughs) and uh, because it ultimately offers us eternal life we're going to go to a break but the code for our free tickets today prophetica tickets that's for bellarive and hobart prophetica number 21 with no spaces that's spelled p-r-o-p-h-e-t-i-c-a and the numbers 21 if you text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one uh, we will get you a free ticket to one of these events and you will communicate with you and get you to tell us which event you'd like to attend. We've just been talking about how God's laws will be written on our heart and uh, this song talks about that and I hope you uh, can hear the message in this and uh, and really get something from it. Seal them in my mind 
Your commandments are, and write them on the tablets of my heart. The beauty of His law and grace combined. That's the that's the phrase that stood out to me Beautiful in that, that song, song. Jason. Yeah, it's uh, and it's exactly what we've been talking about. The mm. the beauty of the law is that it's not about legalism no. but it's about love it is exactly it's about love for god and love for each other mm. and uh, i love that uh, phrase the beauty of of the law and grace combined because mm. we just talked about that forgiveness in that passage it's a powerful passage at hebrews mm. chapter 8 verse 10 to 12 as well that we just talked about and it's new testament yeah, New mm. Testament, absolutely. Um, now, Gary, you've got a couple of stories that uh, yes. you'd like to share. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm keen to he- hear these. That, that, that illustrate beautifully what we've been talking about, Jason. The, the, the first one comes from the, the slavery in the United States of America back in the 1800s. There was a, a big uh, Afro-American slave job, we'll call him, he was on the auction block. You can actually see these auction blocks. You know, they're just little stands that they put the slaves on and then they auction them to the slave uh, owners. And uh, so he's up for auction one day and every time this guy, you know, someone bid, uh, put a price for the guy, he would he would look at them, shake his fist and say, I won't work, I won't work. And this went on for some time. And finally a, a silvery-haired old southern gentleman got the got the slave he put mm. up the highest amount of money and and this big jol says to him in shaking his fist in his face i won't work <laughs> and then this silvery hair old gentleman looks him in the face and says joel he says i actually didn't buy you to be my slave he said i bought you today to set you free you're, you're a free man you can go home yeah that's now, amazing joel joel couldn't believe his ears he looked at the guy tears started to come to his eyes and he looked at this silvery hair old gentleman and said Master, I'll work for you for the rest of my life. Mm. Notice the difference. Mm. Love was what Joel said now. I'll work for you now because of love. Mm. That's really what the Ten Commandments are about. When when we realize that God sent his son to die in our place, taking our sin, we want to, when we accept that, we want to say, Master, what Mm. would you have me to do? Mm. What, What do you want me to do or not to do? In other words, those Ten Commandments are written in our hearts. Mm. I I had this by personal uh, um, experience myself, uh, Jason. Maybe I'll just share a little bit about my story as we wrap up. I mentioned how that, you know, there came a time in my life I was a university student studying medicine at the University of Western Australia when I began to wonder for the first time in my life, really, is there a God? Is there somebody out there? I studied archaeology. I mentioned that earlier, looked at archaeology and realized, well, at least the Bible thing is, is historically accurate. It's not a bunch of fairy tales. Then I, then I looked at some of those predictions we talked about dealing with ancient civilizations and prophecies that take us down to our own time. And I thought, there's got to be someone out there because you can't get this right all the time and someone's got to be telling you because this is hundreds of years before it happened some yeah. of this stuff mm. so I thought there is a God but I, I really didn't understand how to connect with God I was in a um, I was in a youth meeting one day where someone was sharing about the cross of Jesus and what he died for everyone on the cross now I'd heard this many times before but as I sat there I I thought I failed so miserably. This is what this guy said. He said, you know, 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to the cross and took the sins of every person. All the wrong doing that anybody and everybody has ever done, he took it. 
and that's why he died. And he said, why are some of you carrying a load of guilt on you? Why don't you leave it at, at with him? Because when we're carrying guilt, it doesn't make sense. He took it already 2,000 mm. years ago. Now, for some reason, it, it, it hit me, and I realized, man, Jesus actually took my sin. And I remember sitting there thinking in my head, um, God, I've tried so hard and failed so miserably to keep these Ten Commandment things, you know, and I've failed miserably, and I, and I have no peace, I have no joy, I have no hope for the future, I have no real meaning and purpose in life. And it was as if, let me back up, during this period I had been doing some stuff, Jason, that I couldn't overcome. I, I, I was doing stuff that was destroying my health. Um, I was really breaking that sixth commandment. You shall I was killing myself by what I was doing, and I couldn't. The best I could do was about two or three days, and I'd do this thing again. And it was just ruining my health, and I, I just couldn't overcome it. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. And and the other thing, I had no sense, as I said, of peace or forgiveness. Anyway, so I'm sitting there, and I and I, it was as if Jesus was standing on one cliff, and I was standing on another one, and only about a meter apart. <laughs> and this in my head, that's his. So he's standing on one cliff, and I'm on the other one, a meter apart. But there's like a thousand meters down. Mm. And and when you, and he's saying to me in my head, this is the way it was appeared to me. Jump to me, throw yourself on me, accept what I did at mm. the cross. And I thought, what if it doesn't work? What if what if you miss? <laughs> what if I miss <laughs> exactly? You, you fall down. Yeah, because that gap seems to widen when it's the long way down. What if you miss? But then a voice said to me, well. It's not working the way you're doing it, is it? You're, you're trying hard, but you have no peace of mind. You have no. And so I said, God, I give up my idea. I will do what the Bible says. I will throw myself, as it were, on Jesus. And I will say, Lord, you died for me. You know, Jason, when I did that, immediately when I said, I give up, and I threw myself on God's mercy, I knew my past was forgiven. I just knew it. And a sense of peace came over me. Not only that, I knew that if I died right then, I'd be ready to meet God. Mm. I'd be ready for that judgment. Not because of me, but because of Jesus and that he'd taken my stuff. But something else happened. You know that habit that I was talking about, that I could the best I could do was about two or three days over a two-year period. I could never get past that. Immediately that, that habit was broken, that, that stuff that was killing me. And, and that has not been a problem in my life now. Not because of me, but because of the power of Christ and what he did for us on Calvary. I, I, I just know that this works personally. Mm. Well, thanks for sharing that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to remember that story about the, uh, the Negro slave. Yeah. Um, Big Joel. The Afro-American guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, also, you know, what you've, you've shared there, Gary, I'm sure many people uh, who have come to know uh, God and come to know Jesus uh, have experienced similar sort of things. Yes. So, um, what, what what I find great, Jason, is this is not this is not just talks. So yeah, this really this works. is real. Mm. This is real. And I was going to ask our listeners, you know, if you've had an experience a bit like what Gary uh, was sharing, text us in a short uh, a short message about um, how. Mm. God has changed your life. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah, that'd be great to hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Text us zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now, just as we wrap up, um, Gary, what have you got for us next week? Ah, uh, next week we begin uh, with, or we have a, the program called Stubborn Love, and I'm, I'm I'm really excited about this 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 talk that we're going to have, Jason. I think folk will really enjoy it. The stubborn love of God for people. We're going to be starting to look at some of the great values. Uh, uh, that 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 God has for us, tremendous, 
And don't forget that prophetica thing. Jason, you know, one of the things, I better be quiet in a minute, but one of the things I really enjoyed last weekend was interacting with people, yeah. our listeners, uh, talking to one lady there who has been listening to our program, and just great to talk to people who have been, been listening to our shows. Yeah, we do encourage you to, uh, to come along, and uh, if you want a free ticket, text... Zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one prophetica number twenty one is the code to text in. We can get you a free ticket uh, in Bellarive on Saturday and in uh, Hobart City on Sunday afternoons uh, is our program this weekend. Uh, now tomorrow we've got Raiko Chelich joining us, and uh, he'll be talking with Tabitha tomorrow, and his topic is Jesus laments over Jerusalem. We hope you can join us there, and uh, we we really hope uh, that you you are getting some value out of these programs, and uh, we hope that uh, you know God is blessing you as well. So we're going to go out now with this song, "God is Love." You know, this is what we've been talking about today, really, mm-hmm. isn't it, yep. Gary? Practical, it's all, practical love, isn't it? It's all summed up in uh, in the Ten Commandments. Uh, God is love, and uh, He shows us His love through the forgiveness and the mercy that He offers us. So let's have a listen to this. This is Ginny Owens. I will catch you again. Uh, I'll be back on Thursday with Peter Watts, but uh, you can join Tabitha tomorrow and Gary next week uh, on Tuesday. This is Ginny Owens and All Sons and Daughters, God is Love. Oh, come let us unite and sing. God is love. God is love. Let heaven and earth their praises bring. God is love, God is love. Let every soul from sin awake. Let every heart sweet music make. And sing with us for Jesus' sake. God is love, God is love Oh, sing to earth's most distant lands God is love, God is love In Christ we are made whole again God is love, God is love His blood has washed our sin away His Spirit turned our night to day And with great joy our hearts can say God is love, God is love One day we'll sing with all the saints God is love God is love We'll fully know Then face to face God is love God is love While endless ages Roll along We'll triumph The Sweetest song, God is love, 